Hello, wild souls. Before we get into our June monthly medicine goodness today, I have two brief and important reminders, little announcements for all of you. The first is that enrollment for Tarot for the Wild Soul course is only open for the next week and a half. So if you are longing to deepen and enrich your tarot practice, open up to the practice of actually living the tarot, moving beyond your deck and really making contact with these archetypes in ways that you've perhaps wished, hoped, or dreamed to move away from sort of old paradigm definitions. This is a brand new iteration of the course, much more deeply focused on taking these archetypes out of the conceptual, like what does the magician mean and placing it into real life circumstances, like what does it mean to be a vessel for the divine in our lives when we're busy? Like what does it mean to be in an embodiment of the magician in our day to day? We're exploring all of the tarot, all 78 cards, right set up in reverse from those frameworks, moving through a seasonal sort of spiral in these eight weeks. There are eight weekly live calls with me. You get to ask me anything and you get to connect with community via breakout rooms. It's really, really a gorgeous, uh, a gorgeous immersion. So if you want to be a part of that, the link to sign up or learn more is in the show notes. And just the second gentle reminder for those of you who maybe didn't hear the first announcement at May Monthly Medicine that the podcast is going on an extended pause starting on June 4th. Um, I am already missing all of you, but just wanted to again remind you that that's, that's coming up. We'll have this episode today and then we will have our final episode until I come back from that pause um, again on June 4th. So. Just want all of you to sort of know that, again, be reminded of that. Um, And I already look forward. I think I'm going to have so much more to say and hopefully a wonderful and sustainable new framework for episodes. I'm really looking forward to, uh, yeah, connecting with all of you again when it's time after that pause. Thank you for being here and let's dive into our episode. Hello, Wild Souls, and welcome back to Tarot for the Wild Soul podcast. I am your host, Lindsay Mack, and as always, so unbelievably thankful and grateful to be gathered with all of you in this virtual shared space. Thank you so much for being here with me today. (sighs) So, June, here we are at this monthly medicine episode, exploring the theme, exploring the energetic invitation of this cycle. Um, The word that I would use to describe this cycle, and it's pretty simplistic, but it does do the trick, is big. This is a really big, big, big month. It's huge. What we are going to be invited to acknowledge, to process, to clear, to reach for, to make space for what we're laying on the fire, what we're picking back up is enormous. We've really been building to this point. Um, it's a, it's an incredibly powerful sort of peak in the year. Um, one that will, will undoubtedly have ripple effects for us personally, for the collective, for our community, for years to come. The theme for this month is choosing ourselves. And it seems very simplistic. It seems like a bit of a platitude, perhaps. And yet nothing could be more powerful because pretty much nothing in our um, overculture, in our kind of shared um community exchanges, unless we're in very healthy community or family or social dynamics, there's a lot of emphasis on 
choose what's right for that person. Choose what's right for this person. Make a decision. Like you don't want to be selfish. That's too much. You're too much. You're doing something wrong. You're, you know, whatever we can go on and on and on. And we all have this conditioning from, you know, cycles of abuse or trauma or, um, sacrificing what we want to do because we were taught and told that it was kind of the right thing to do that. Now, what I'm not talking about is being so kind of individualistic that we lose sight of the overall community. What we're actually talking about is being in the radical choosing of ourselves, the cry of the soul. What we know is the direction we're being drawn in, whether we understand it or not, whether we like it or not. And likely for many of us, because this is an eclipse time, a lot is being revealed. We're seeing a lot right now that we can't, we can no longer pretend we don't see. And that's really intense. It's really intense. And again, it's going to be different for all of us. It might actually be really delighting and exciting for you to go through this. It might be horrific, you know, and maybe bringing up a lot of really big, again, feelings. So it's important to go gently. It's important to be gentle. It again is a very intense season, but one that in the long term, many of us will wind up looking back on and saying, thank God I made that choice at that crossroads. Um, so again, this could be very, very subtle, very small. You know, we don't have to think of it always as this like externalized big decision. All of us right now, and, and there's been so many things over the last year, especially that have just started to amplify and amplify and amplify this, this voice inside of us that has profound wisdom in, in it. And for most of us, and that's our intuitive channel, it's our heart, it's the connection to self, that, that whisper, that voice inside. Most of us, all of us have thinking minds, egos, brains that are much louder than the thinking, than that intuitive sense within us, and that spend a lot of time trying to convince us that that whisper, that deep call, that deep knowing is silly, or um, we shouldn't pay attention to it. It would ruin everything. So what we're talking about when we're speaking about choosing ourselves is choosing that voice, honoring what comes up the inevitable fears that come up in the thinking mind, like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. This is crazy. And yet here we are. We can no longer deny ourselves. We can't. It's the planet can't even hold it. This is what it is to be in a hierophant year. Hierophant is as autonomous, as sovereign as it gets. And that's what we're moving toward is sovereignty is self-empowerment, is being able to hold ourselves through whatever arises. Each of us are being called more deeply toward ourselves right now, not again to push away or isolate from, but rather radiate outward in a much more um, aligned, doesn't even begin to capture it, but in that's the best I can do <laughs> in a much more aligned way, in a way that, that for us is going to feel so much more rewarding. And for, for also some of us, um, we may be so used to, because of our kind of societal, social, familial conditioning, we may be so used to doing the equivalent of sort of running on a broken ankle. And we're so used to it that we just think like, oh, it's just my ankle, you know. But this is a month that says, hey, sweetheart, your ankle is broken. 
just because everyone around you and you are okay with the broken ankle and work around the broken ankle doesn't mean that it's not broken and broken ankles need time. They need care. (laughs) Like they need, um, you know, tools, you know, do you deserve tools and resources to help you? Um, as you heal from this, as you let this heal, as you let this bone come back together, we are in entering into the month of June in an eclipse portal that started on Wednesday, May 26th, and that will kind of come to a close on June 10th at the new moon solar eclipse in Gemini. So eclipse portals are uh, a term I use and other folks use to describe the week and a half, two week or so period between one eclipse and another, because eclipses always come in twos. They're always bookended. This one is particularly powerful. It's much more subterranean than other eclipse cycles. Some eclipse cycles come forward in hugely externalized ways. This one is very strongly um, internal. It's really directing us with, with everything it's got inside, which is important in order to sort of redirect, recalibrate the direction that we're going in the external world. Um, eclipses, you know, if we had to assign a tarot card to the energy of what eclipses do, it would undoubtedly, at least for me, be the judgment or the awakening card. So judgment is the card that comes right before the world, right before we close out of a major arcana cycle or spiral of lessons. The awakening card, or again, the judgment card is connected to Pluto. Eclipses are excavators. They dig up all the stuff. The judgment card is really the energy that takes off the quote blindfold. What we were unwilling to see, to acknowledge, to honor, we are now seeing it fully in all of its intensity, in all of, um, in all of its power and in all of its rawness. Why does this happen? So we can process it. So we can be free. So we can leave what has not served us for years so that we can step into what's been ready, waiting for us for so long so that we can really begin to let go of some of the exhausting patterning and choices and behaviors and commitments that we do to try to keep up with this time is essentially saying you don't have to anymore. Now, there are some things we don't have choice about today, right? Some things that we're doing that are fucking exhausting. We don't love them and they're here and your eclipse experience may not necessarily be a complete dispensing of those things. Like we live in reality after all. So this is really about what we can control, what we do have access to. We're always in the process of working and we're always evolving, always growing. And there may be a time in the future where what is taking up so much time and space, what, what, um, right now you're committed to, but don't necessarily love, but can't really do anything about what that is in your life. One day will be different. One day it will look different. It will not be the same as it is today. So we're not looking at everything in a really sweeping way and just saying like, oh, you're out of here. This is a gradual uncovering, revealing what's concealed. And we do this work. Eclipses are so important. It's essentially like the deep clean of like the bin or the closet or the box that you've been dreading. (laughs) 
but typically contains something really important or if it's like really gross and cobwebby and tough and ooh, um, once we're on the other side, we never have to do it again in the same way. So really powerful. There's also some pretty strong stuff happening around this eclipse season, right? Mercury stations retrograde in Gemini on May 29th. So what happens when that happens, right? We can think of Mercury retrograde as magician reversed. I always love to think about it like that. When magician is reversed, they're not necessarily blocked. They're not necessarily not creating. But one of the most important things about being a vessel for divine, which is what the magician sort of teaches us the art of being creative beings on this planet, is there's a really important sort of symbolic um, key in many of the magician cards, which is sort of the the all of the elements present on the altar um, representing the directions, representing sort of the um, different access points, the balance points, right, that we can look to in an elemental way. And we also see that very often there's some sort of wand or staff that's double-sided and that sort of represents us as a body in terms of our ability to be open at our root and open in our mind. So we have these beautiful root systems that keep us tethered to the earth. We have these beautiful um, sort of strands that that lift out of the top of our head that connect us to our you know what's on the other side of the veil so we are we are literally rods for the divine we are literally vessels that are open completely open and the staff is kind of a representation of that kind of profound openness that comes with being that vessel So there are times in a magician's life when the altar needs a reordering, when maybe there's a lot more on the water side and there's sort of like nothing else or the the altar's a little bit dusty or messy. Mercury retrogrades, in order to go forward, we have to recalibrate. There's a kind of a review. That doesn't necessarily mean problems, shortages, whatever, it, it, you know, that's fine. If it affects you that way, I, I totally honor that. It doesn't have to be that way. It might be, it doesn't have to be. Um, it's really just a time for recalibration. So even if there is sort of a delay, a snafu, it's all an invitation to look a little bit more deeply and see like, okay, like what's the root of that? you know, what is that inviting me to sort of pay attention to? So thinking about the magician reverse from a recalibration standpoint, that's really what this time is doing. And for it to be in Gemini is obviously really big. Gemini is the communicator, it is the connector. It brings things together. So this one is sure to be a bit wild, but we have to think of lover's energy. When lover's is reversed, it can sometimes be very challenging to really fully see our worth, what we deserve, who we are. It can be really challenging because lovers when right side up is really a giant mirror that sometimes comes in the form of an other person, um, a thing, a desire, a, a you know, something in our lives that's reflecting something back to us that's actually ours. And we in turn reflect something back to that other person. So it's really Gemini octave at at its very highest degrees, this incredible ability to reflect, to be a reflection of what we most need to see in ourselves or in another through each other. So lovers, Like if we're talking about lovers, people, they're not always lovers, obviously, or romantic entanglements. Um, It can be a friend. It can be an opportunity. It can be a baby. (laughs) It can be a tree. Um, It's all a reflection of our magnificence. 
very, very hard to see in ourselves. Most of the time, if we see something magnificent, we want to say like, oh my gosh, why can't I be like that? I wish I could. In truth, you are. So the lovers is an invitation to, to value, to appreciate, to lift up the beauty in others and in other things, but also see they're a reflection of us too, often in ways we can't yet acknowledge that are within us. So when reversed, it's a really, really strong mirror to where we cannot see something about ourselves. It's going to be really persistent, very persistent. And now this also might have effects because Gemini is, you know, related um, to the nervous system. It's related to the lungs. It's related to the hands. It's related to sort of all of these different systems. So again, we, we go back into this recalibration, like how is our breath you know, many of us feel like we barely want to take a breath because, you know, maybe we don't feel like we deserve that or we are sort of keeping emotions at bay. It's an opportunity to really think into that. The lungs are such a huge extension. They're, they're the cushions of the heart and they're so connected to grief. The grief we've been unwilling to face is going to have a hand in this mercury retrograde. The things that we are creating, again, how, what are we giving our time to? What are we, do we believe in what we're giving our time to? Some of us don't have the privilege of even asking that question. And yet it's a necessary one to consider to the degree that we're able to. Um, we all have the ability to leverage our privilege in different ways. And again, our choices are all in a spectrum. So to the degree that we can think about that question, how can we leave more time for what we value, for, for what we want to make, how we want to um, sort of lay our hands in, in gentle, loving, and beautiful ways on what matters to us, you know, what we want to create, what we want to write, what we want to nurture. And then the nervous system, like this is a really intense time. And that is an understatement of the universe. We're still actively moving through. This is, it's, it's bizarre right now. It's bizarre as, um, you know, for all the reasons, it's an incredibly intense time right now. Um, and we don't know how to handle grief and trauma in our culture. And so many of us are burned out and exhausted and traumatized and in grief. And we don't know how to make space for that. You know, we don't know where to process that. And our nervous systems are all fucking shot to hell. So how can we leave space for gentle honoring? There's so much here. And how can we reclaim a seeing and acknowledging some aspects of ourselves that are really important for us to see. And if your mind is taking it to, oh my God, I have to face that I'm such a terrible person. It's actually the opposite. There are beautiful aspects to you, incredible gifts that you have that may be very hard for you to admit that you have. That is what we are. It's kind of where we can center our focus on this Mercury retrograde in Gemini. And then on June 14th, right after our eclipse portal sort of completes itself, we have our second of three Saturn-Uranus squares for 2021. So this leads us right back into this theme of, of choosing ourselves, of saying um, a yes to ourselves in some way. Saturn-Uranus square is the um, kind of going head to head with what is to be done, should be done, other people do, what you're expected to do. Even from people who, who love you dearly and who you love, we can experience pressures or, or stories from those folks like, I really think you should do this, or I really think that this would be the right thing for you, when really... Um, there's typically a deeper call. And especially now, it's really if you sort of like take your two fists together and kind of like, boom, like 
put them like put them together. That's a bit like what um, Saturn and Uranus are squaring off against. Saturn says you have to do it like this. This is the way other people do it. This is the way it has been done. And Uranus says, I don't give a fuck about this. I hate the way it's been done. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to get the fuck out of here and never come back again. (laughs) And so what we're doing is finding ourselves in the middle of that and noticing all of the energy that wants to kind of lead us into um, the next big thing, the dream, right? Where we want to go. Sometimes we don't even know where we want to go. Um, or we can have old stories like, oh, this is what I've been told about myself and this is what I deserve. And yet Uranus comes in and says, no way. There's something so much more rich, so much deeper, so much more true that is longing, dying to come and be folded into your life. So again, this, this entire month, essentially the entire Gemini season, <laughs> um, and probably leading into radiating into much of cancer season and, and the subsequent summer ahead, like this is a big time to be looking to this, acknowledging both of these things. Um, so this square is really, really big. It's going to be, um, certainly a huge kicking off point to this theme of choosing ourselves, you know, um, holding both kind of the Saturnian poles and the Uranian poles, um, and looking at, you know, where do we find ourselves again in the middle of both of those things? It's a really big time for, for, huge realizations like, whoa, I'm done with this. Whoa, I outgrew this a million years ago. Whoa, I'm finally seeing all of this, right? And then of course, on June 21st, we have our solstice, which invites us to bow to the light and welcome the night, knowing that the nights will only continue to get longer from here on out. And the days will continue to get shorter from here on out. It's such a beautiful way of honoring the duality and the both and that's possible. Solstices have always felt like measurable to me in my body. They're they're massive thresholds. Again, um, along with everything else <laughs> that's going on this month. Um, so we have some tremendously powerful invitations. And again, the impulse might be, I want to get out there. I want to be out expressing, talking, being. Um, and for some of you, that will be exactly right. But for many of us, the draw is internal. There's a lot to unpack right now. It's not a question of, again, um, separating yourself from the world, um, like be out in the world. It's great. But what we're, what we're looking to, what we're trying to pay attention to right now, being invited to pay attention to right now, are the parts of ourselves that have gone unacknowledged, that are really demanding to be folded in, honored, and acknowledged from here on out. And just in being willing to do so, our willingness to choose ourselves to, again, say this yes to ourselves in some way will again have massive ripple effects on our lives for years to come, certainly for the rest of this year. So our supportive spread for the month ahead, our card for the month of June is Queen of Cups, which I loved. And really, I heard the theme long before I I pulled cards for this episode and I totally got it when I read, or when I, when I pulled this card right before I recorded, because queen of cups is the, the refuge within it's the, it represents, it's representative of the place that we go to, to heal, to rediscover, to recharge. It's our space. It's a space nobody could ever accompany us never, um, 
join us in. It's just ours. It also represents kind of the aspect of us that needs to take that kind of time in order to be out in the world. Um, Many of us are going to find that, again, this word recalibrate, that there's a kind of a recalibration of the way that we're utilizing our energy, showing up in our social life and our with our children, um, that there may be some really big changes in the way that we show up and in what we're committing ourselves to. Queen of Cups is a deeply, deeply introspective, internal, reflective energy. And it is a deep ally, a deep anchor for all that this month is inviting us into of these eclipses, of this retrograde. We want to meet this with Queen of Cups energy, gentle, gentle energy, taking a lot of space and time, going really slow, letting there be enough space around us to the best of our ability to actually kind of see what we need. You know, it's answering a deeper call. So we can look to this card, call upon this card in any way we want to, in any way we see fit. And I want to invite you to not think about what um, you've been taught or told about Queen of Cups, what you think it is, what you're judging it on, whatever. When you tune into your being and you think about this card, when you imagine its imagery, when you remember that it's it's ruled by double water, what does that help to direct you toward? You don't need to worry about what anyone else is doing. What are your associations with this kind of, of um, way of looking at this? Like what, what and how do you make contact with that kind of thing? within yourself, outside of yourself, what draws you closer to that energy? Whatever comes up for you, don't question that. Because it could be, whoa, spending time with this person or being more active in this. And if that's the case, that's so beautiful. So we really want to touch in here, make contact with this card. This is, again, a deeply, deeply internal energy. So we may find ourselves at odds a bit with, I want to do this thing, that thing, this thing, that thing. Remember, like Uranus, it makes us want to go, 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 go. And Saturn is squaring Uranus. So we may feel really tempted to kind of get away, break away from all of that internal time. Um, Just if you can, stay in the center of it for a little bit and see is this really a call to move with the kind of flow of this energy or is it a call to be a little bit more in the stillness while everything sort of ripples and waves out around me? Our lesson for the month, what we're learning about is Ace of Cups. Ace of Cups is the radical gesture of love toward the self. It's a commitment of deep love, deep tending, deep, um, nurturance toward the self and the beginning of a journey. You know, aces are our new moon energy. They're planting a new seed. They're an intention setting. So we are stating an intention in ace of cups to love ourselves more deeply, more fully, more richly. And for most of us, we, we don't know, we don't necessarily understand what that looks like or what's maybe wanted there or what that is. You know, we don't have to know in Ace of Cups. We're merely making the intention. So the presence of this card here as what we're being invited to learn about has to do with our willingness to be in a humble beginning space. This whole month is kind of a reset. It's going to draw many of us to our knees We're going to find ourselves potentially saying like, I don't know what I'm doing. 
I don't know what's going on. I don't know what this means. I don't, I don't know anything. Like, what do I do? And we're not going to know. And we may find ourselves, um, in a space where some part of us is in need of something and we may not know completely how to give it to ourselves, whether we should give it. The question is, yes, give it, you know, or the answer, first of all, is yes, give that love, that, that request to yourself in whatever way you can. But really, you don't need to know the how of it. You don't need to know exactly what it is. We're just going for as close as an act of love for ourselves, a gesture and an action of deep care for whatever inside of us is calling out for deeper tending, for deeper attention, whatever that is, Ace of Cups says, just try it. Just try. And likely it will feel pretty uncomfortable. And that's also okay. It's okay to be uncomfortable, especially when it pertains to our growth. So we're learning to be more loving toward ourselves and we're learning to redefine for ourselves what that ultimately looks like and how that shifts and changes the way we show up in our life, in our world, to our community. What are we picking up in the month of June? You can literally picture that exactly as it sounds, like picking something up from a shelf. What are we picking up? King of Wands. King of Wands is the trailblazer. King of Wands says, I am an embodied leader and I create, I serve, I I hold space, I channel exactly as I am meant to. I honor and respect what others do and I don't look to them as competitors and I don't look to them as a comparative um, invitation. They're doing what they're doing. I'm doing what I'm doing. And we can respect and appreciate one another. But I'm not here to do what other people are doing. I'm not necessarily here to do some kind of cookie cutter version of living or of creating or of working. I am doing me. Me. I have a way of being, loving, living, moving through this world, speaking from my, from my heart and soul. And that's not going to be for everybody. We're not going to be for everybody. That's a big part of King of Wands-ness. Another big part of King of Wands-ness is we have to say yes to ourselves in some way. It's really hard to be in that big trailblazing energy that kind of spark, that fire starting energy without at the very least a commitment to ourselves, a willingness to to believe that there's some kind of inner wisdom within us that's guiding us forward. That, you know, we can look to others to help and guide and, and encourage us, but ultimately never to tell us exactly what to do. And if we're being honest with ourselves, I think a lot of us are hoping and wishing that someone will come along and tell us exactly what to do, but that's never going to happen because you already know the answer. What we're picking up and working with this month is King of Wands energy, doing us, doing us, whether people get it, understand it, like it, don't, it really couldn't matter less. We're honoring us, letting ourselves be be free, letting ourselves play, you know, really bathe in those waters and see what's coming forward. That's where we're really meant to have our focus and attention. And that can really only happen if we're willing to be in that queen of cups-ness, if we're willing to work with what's coming up in ace of cups. We're learning the, the relationship between what happens with our service with our work, with our personal kind of um, caring and tending and happiness as it relates to our willingness and our commitment to be in self-love and our willingness and our commitment to take time, significant time. I don't mean go on retreat or pause or break. What I mean is um, 
to give ourselves what it is that is being called out to, to receive or to have more of in our lives. And lastly, you know, looking to an anchor card that can assist us in leaning into all that this month has to offer. The card that came forward was the emperor. So the emperor is such a perfect energy to look to when we think about this concept of choosing ourselves, of, of again, being at this profound crossroad of having all of these different things be excavated, having all of these blindfolds come off, um, and, and looking, 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 seeing in a way that we can't unsee. And then the question becomes, well, what are we going to do about that? You know, how will we translate that into some kind of empowered action toward our own growth, toward our own emancipation and freedom and liberation um, in a deep way? What this can often bring up and this is a huge thing that we're going to be looking at, especially with Gemini season in general, being connected to lover's card and, um, Mercury retrograde in Gemini, there's going to be a lot of like stuff that's going to come up around who am I to do this? Am I worth choosing myself? Like why, why give a shit about any of this at all? Who cares? You know, who cares what I do? If we're in those places, it can be really hard to remember how important we are to the people in our lives, how much we have to offer, um, and how worthy we are just because it has nothing to do with what we're doing or how we're doing it. We're inherently worthy. And the emperor puts us back in touch with that deeper birthright knowing the emperor, as you've heard me say many, many times is connected to Aries energy. This is the rebirth of our seasonal wheel. It's a time when everything in the Northern hemisphere wakes up when there is a growth, when there is a reaching into sort of the world up toward the sunlight but most of the growth that happens in this time on the wheel of the year in the Northern Hemisphere, is it's largely invisible. We don't see a lot of it. We don't see the fruits of it until a couple of seasons later. That's pretty intense, or a couple months later, I should say. Um, that's pretty intense to trust that. And yet the Hierophant is the growth that is contained in the reach. It is represented in the big energies in nature, of, of big skies and big trees and um, immensely tall mountains and just things that take our breath away that do not shrink, do not, um, you know, sort of uh, say, oh, I should sort of back away. There isn't really enough room. Now, what we're talking about here is aligned spaciousness. So of course there is a reality where, especially for those of us who benefit from uh, white privilege or financial privilege or some other kind of systemic privilege, we always want to be aware of the space we're taking up in the room. Always. Um, meaning how we're speaking kind of emotionally across the board and the emperor energy, the energy of the emperor can hold that can be can hold the reality that comes with being on this planet in this sort of um, intersectional existence that we're all in. And it says, we are absolutely holding and acknowledging the reality of what it is to be aware of our space and to um, maybe move back, you know, in that but in a soul sense, we're still not shrinking. We're not shrinking. That's a completely different energy. And one that is typically fueled with, I don't deserve this. Other people deserve this more, yada, yada, yada. There is a space and a place for all of us to shine, for all of us to speak, for all of us to amplify, to use that privilege. That's all being connected to emperor 
all of it. It's the root system and the cord that connects us back to that birthright knowing. I have absolutely a birthright to share my gifts, to be as satisfied, as fulfilled as I could possibly want to be, knowing that it's a step-by-step process. I deserve like any sequoia, any redwood, any bird with a beautiful wingspan, any creature to be here, to take up sacred space, to share my gifts. People are welcome to come or not. The misperception about emperor is that we have this like megaphone and everyone has to come over. And that's not true. You're free and welcome to not listen to this podcast. If you like it, that's great. I'm it still doesn't change the fact that I'm going to do a podcast. That's what it is to be in our emperorness. We share what we want to say. People can come or not, right? Emperor, when it's out of balance, is I'm going to kind of sweep away all of the other mountains and just be my own mountain here. And I'm the only mountain that can exist in this space. And that's not what we're going for, right? That's different. So um, the emperor can hold all the all of sort of the pieces inside of that spectrum. But it's a reminder to us, yes, of course you are worthy of this. Of course you deserve this. Of course you can, you can take it because it's always belonged to you. Not necessarily being up at the center of a stage, but to say yes to yourself, to choose yourself, of course, that belongs to you to whatever degree it is accessible or calling, crying out for you to pay attention to it right now. This is the moment to say yes to that. So again, it's a really, really, really big month. And it's going to be really interesting to see how it unfolds for many of us. um, What comes up again, a telltale signal of this month (laughs) is, oh my God, I don't know why I'm called to do this, but I am. I'm really spending time and thinking, okay, you know, where is this impulse coming from? Where is this desire coming from? But really leaving the time to sit with it. And ultimately, once we've really checked in, trusting it. We're not going to know necessarily why we are drawn in a certain direction or to leave or to stay or whatever it is. We may not ever know the why, or we may not know the why for a long time. We may think things to ourselves like, well, why now? This has been happening for forever. I've been doing this for so long, or I've been inside of this dynamic for so long. Why now does it want to change? And the answer is just because because that's what we're moving through right now. So this entire month, again, is an invitation to radically choose ourselves, to say a deep yes in a way that perhaps we never have before, to be courageous, to reclaim and to honor and acknowledge the things that are ready to be acknowledged. It's a really big time of deep seeing and of preparing Because again, this has really strong ripple effects that affect a lot more than just you. And you would be enough (laughs) within yourself. But if you're not choosing, if you're not honoring, not listening to the voice inside of yourself that is pulling you very strongly, gravitationally, in a certain direction, it will create a kind of a wobbliness in everything we do in the way we serve and what we have to say. If we have a draw, it may bring up all the fear, all the worries, all the confusions, all the judgments, what the fuck am I doing? And yet the invitation is to trust it, to make space for the possibility that it's going to be one of the best things you ever did for yourself. And remember, it's just about the intention. We don't have to do all the things. It's just about that one moment, that one choice. I'm willing to choose myself. I'm willing to say yes. I'm willing, right? And looking to these anchor cards that are coming up for us this month for support around that decision. 
looking to Queen of Wands for that kind of refuge, looking to um, the Emperor, looking to certainly Ace of Cups and certainly King of Wands and letting that guide you, letting that sort of be the rhythm of the river that propels you forward. So, yeah, may this month that moves us from Gemini season into Cancer season, out of sort of our first spiral of the year into our second spiral into the summer season, may it be everything you're hoping for and more. May it serve you in every possible iteration and may it really be a time that um, illuminates for you what is ready to be seen. And if it's challenging what you're seeing, I hope that you have all of the support around you that you could possibly wish for to help you move through that time. And I'm very grateful again to be here together with you. So again, I will have one more episode next Friday, June 4th, before I go on this kind of extended pause, this is how I am living this work. <laughs> um, I was not planning to take a pause from the podcast for a long time. It was just sort of a knowing that came up and I wasn't even connecting it with the energy of this month, but it's, you know, instinct, you know, intuition is very rarely, um, it definitely will guide you home, even if you don't understand what the hell it's talking about. So I'm, I'm, again, I said in the intro, going to miss everyone. And I'm also really excited for what this time is going to bring. Um, and if you want to stay connected, I'll talk about this at the next episode. I'm, I'm going to be taking a pretty extensive pause from Instagram probably for much of the summer into the fall. So if you want to stay in touch with me, um, and know that I say that today, but spirit could have different plans. So <laughs> if I don't wind up taking a pause from Instagram, that's part of why, but I'll certainly be communicating with my newsletter. The link to sign up for that is in the show notes. And if you want to be working with me in a very deep and powerful way this summer, um, tarot for the wild soul is where and how you can do it. So, um, Again, if you want to sign up for that or learn more about it, you can go to the link in the show notes or go to tarotforthewildsoul.com. So again, Wild Souls, I love you. I adore you. Um, and I hope that you move into the month of June with absolutely everything you could ever want or desire. I hope this month gives you all that you desire. And until we meet again, please take exquisite care of yourselves. 